Do you want to stay sober and still travel and have amazing vacations? Maybe you're newly sober and worried about taking your first trip without alcohol. Or maybe you've been sober a while, but you have a big trip coming up, a bachelorette party in Vegas or a wedding in Mexico, and that's making you anxious just thinking about doing it without drinking. From pub crawls to beach parties to boozy boat cruises, the thought of traveling can be a major trigger. Whatever your situation might be, you can be a person who travels alcohol-free and still has the time of your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. What do you have planned for your next trip? A family vacation, a family reunion, a work trip, a camping trip? You're probably thinking days on the beach, nights on the town. It's hard to imagine doing any of it without a drink in hand, especially if you're new to sobriety or if you're facing your first ever sober travel. Going on vacation usually means relaxing and being carefree. And for many of us, relaxing meant excessive consumption of alcohol and or other substances. I was exactly the same way. Every trip I ever took was a drinking trip. I mean, honestly, everything I ever did was about drinking, (laughs) whether it was a trip or not. But one of the greatest things about being sober is that my whole world expanded. And I mean that literally. I've gotten to travel the world, see beautiful places, have phenomenal experiences that I never could have done in my drinking life. When I was drinking, I would always talk about all the traveling I wanted to do, all the places I wanted to go and see, but I couldn't actually do any of it. I was a bit lucky because I lived in Southern California and there are a lot of fun things you can do spur of the moment. And I promise you, I have had my fair share of last-minute drunken decisions to drive to Vegas after work at 3 a.m. with all my drunk friends. But as a sober person, traveling is full of triggers, and that can feel daunting. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to start hosting Sober Vacations. It's so much to think about if you're going on a work trip or a family trip where you may be the only non-drinking person. It's like every event, every day comes with its own special side of anxiety as you obsess about getting through each thing without drinking, also without looking like a weirdo being the only one not drinking, and at the same time, trying not to be overwhelmed by FOMO and somehow still manage to have some fun. Wow, sounds great, doesn't it? (laughs) So my first sober vacation group trip is just around the corner. And the next sober vacation with me is in Bali in 2024. So I thought this would be the perfect time to do an episode about traveling and staying sober while you do it. So if you've got a vacation coming up, or you're just thinking about traveling, or you're traveling with me, 
here's my advice for taking an epic sober trip. Number one, this is not going to surprise you. If you've been following me for any length of time, you probably know this is going to be the first thing I'm going to say, plan ahead. Okay. Think about what parts of the trip will be most challenging. Will it be the packing, the planning, sitting at the airport, being on the plane, the layover, right? Think it through. What is going to be the most challenging part of the journey for you? And then create solutions for those hardest parts. And one thing you're going to hear me stress throughout this episode too is to do things differently. Okay. Your brain makes thousands of decisions all day, every day. So it goes on autopilot a lot, right? Any things we do that are regular, we're doing day in and day out, your brain will go on autopilot. Like when you drive to work, you know, have you ever had one of those moments you start your car and you go and all of a sudden you're at work and you don't really remember the drive because you're on autopilot and that helps your brain conserve energy. So when you're making changes in your life, it's hugely important to do things differently because it snaps you out of that autopilot mode so you don't end up with a drink in your hand. So think this through. Plan ahead. What's going to be your hardest part? And then create solutions for the hardest part. Don't just do things on autopilot the way you've always done and then expect to have a different result. If you do everything exactly the way you've always done, you're going to end up with a drink in your hand if you're used to getting to the airport and having a drink in your hand. So do things differently. And think this through for when you get there also. Do you have a hard time in the evening at dinner or is it lunchtime? If it's lunchtime because you're usually laying on the beach, getting your food and drinks served to you, then don't just lay there on the beach like you did in your drinking life. Get up, go for a walk, schedule a surfing lesson, take your own drinks with you. Whatever you need to do, just do it differently. If it's dinner time, Schedule an activity for early the next morning so you have something to look forward to and a reason to go back to your room and go to bed early. Do it differently. But think through those pieces of the journey, what is going to be most challenging for you, and create some solutions for those timeframes. And we're going to talk about some of those solutions moving forward. The next one is the flight part. Be prepared to fly. Airports and airplanes are full of potential triggers from long security lines to the liquor they serve during the flight. Try to distract yourself from temptation along the way, right? Buy a yummy coffee or some kind of fruit drink or something after you go through security. Get a treat to make you happy and take your mind off a drink. For me, it's gummies. I'm gummy obsessed. I can buy a bag at the airport. I can keep them handy. I can munch on them while I'm walking around the airport shopping or while I'm working, waiting for my flight. And one of the biggest things that saves me in this whole travel journey, and I've traveled a ton, so I'm not super triggered by traveling. I'm an introvert. I just get quiet. I go inside my head in my own little world, and I can do it pretty easily. But one of my saving graces is earbuds, right? (laughs) Put your earbuds in. Take out a good book. Play a game. Listen to podcasts. Listen to music. 
anything to keep you occupied throughout the duration of your journey. But be prepared. What is that going to look like? Again, know what the most difficult parts of your journey are going to be and make sure you have things in place to get you through those times. For on the flight, this is the next one, make an in-flight toolkit. And this is a lot of things I just rattled off. Being on the airplane has its own special brand of triggers, right? (laughs) Because it's really stressful. It takes a long time, especially if you are impatient and judgy and you're sitting there watching everything everybody does, just tearing them down and being mad that people are taking so long and they're not doing it the way you would do it and the way you think is right. If that's where your thoughts are, listen, you're going to be irritated, right? Also, the other part of in-flight is airplanes are essentially a giant bar flying through the sky, right? And if you previously relied on drinks to get you through the airport and or the flight, then I definitely recommend making an airplane toolkit, especially if it's a long flight. You have to have a survival kit. Okay, what could that be? If you can sleep on planes, then bring the stuff that will make you comfortable to sleep on the plane. Research the best neck pillow and get it. Maybe you already have it, so don't forget it. Take a really good eye mask to block out the brightness of the plane. Also creating some privacy, right? I think all of us know when you look at your neighbor and they've got their earbuds in and an eye mask on, you're not going to be talking to that person and trying to carry on conversation. Right. But if you are a person that's an extrovert and you want to chat it up and you want to talk to the people around you, then don't put in your earbuds and put on your eye mask yet. But have your pillow. If it's a super long flight, have some compression socks, have plenty of food and snacks in your bag, have your tablet, you know, an iPad full of books or movies or TV shows. I always take my favorite thermal water cup. It goes with me everywhere in my life, and I take it when I travel also. Obviously, it's empty. I throw it in my carry-on duffel bag, and when the flight attendants come offering drinks, I just hand her my water cup and say, can I get some water? And they fill my water cup. I'm good to go. I also always plan on in-flight Wi-Fi. I just plan on it. I don't care about the expense. I get a lot of work done when I'm flying because I'm a captive audience, right? (laughs) There's nothing else. It's not like when I'm at home in my office, like where there's a million distractions and things to do. And it's like, oh, let me cook this or start some laundry or make this phone call or take a lunch break, right? When I'm on a flight, I'm captive. And that is a beautiful time to get a ton of work done. So I just plan on, I'm getting the in-flight Wi-Fi. I don't care if it's $10 for the day or whatever. I'm just doing it. Also, when I have Wi-Fi, I can log on to any of my streaming services and watch my favorite stuff. Or I can go on YouTube and put on one of my favorite long podcasts, right? There's all kinds of podcasters that have these super long podcasts, like Huberman, who I love, right? Huberman Lab, like, his his stuff is like two freaking hours long, but that's a great thing to do in a flight. I've got my earbuds in. 
log on to YouTube. I can start a Huberman or Lewis Howes or Jay Shetty, and I can listen to that while I work and do my thing. Earbuds, earbuds, earbuds. (laughs) I also take my iPad and I have my favorite game on my iPad. I love playing Match 3D. And I just went to Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. It was brilliant. I went to see my best friend and his family. And it was the first time I ever like took my iPad to play my game. But it was amazing, especially when you're sitting in your seat and you're waiting for everybody else to board. All that impatient judginess I was talking about, distract yourself from that. Don't put yourself in a bad mood or cause yourself unnecessary stress or create a bunch of negative thinking. Like It's just not worth it. It's dumb. It's pointless. It's a waste of your energy. So I just sat there and opened up my iPad and I played Match 3D. And that's what I did. And it was perfect. Until, especially until we took off and then I got on my computer and whatever. Next one, do what works at home, right? Routines help us stay sober. So continue doing the important things that support your recovery while you're traveling. Meditate. If you need a little rest and take it easy time when you first wake up, make sure you do that while you're traveling. Also, exercise, journaling, online meetings, talk to your sober friends, continue to do those things that support your recovery while you're traveling. And obviously be reasonable, right? Like our sober vacation to Costa Rica is coming up and we have a couple of days that we're doing hikes. So on those days, I'm not going to be killing myself to get to the gym, right? Because I'm already going to be going for a hike. But I'm definitely going to give myself time to stretch, meditate, chill out in the morning because that's a super important ritual for me. I need to start my day with my mindset in a good, strong place. So that meditation or visualization, quiet time, deep belly breaths, those are important things to me. It keeps me centered. If that's a part of your regular routine that nurtures your recovery, continue doing that while you're traveling. Next one, drink like a local. This is really fun to me. I think this is fantastic. There's almost always a drink wherever you're going, right? Like in Austin, Texas, it's Topo Chico. In New Orleans, it's Chicory Coffee or Cafe Olay. Find a non-alcoholic beverage unique to where you're going and then make it your go-to drink as you're exploring that destination. On our sober trip to Costa Rica, we can have horchata. And I'll have to see what it is for Bali because Bali's 2024. I'll have to see what the drink is there. But figure out what is your local non-alcoholic drink wherever you're going and make that your go-to drink as you're exploring that place. The next one is stay connected. Again, this can't possibly surprise you (laughs) if you've been following me in my tribe for any length of time. Stay connected. This is so important to be connected to people that are invested in your recovery. This isn't just being connected to random people, you know, texting your mom, whatever. This is people who are invested in your recovery journey, people that know you are not drinking and they know it's important to you to not drink. 
Those are the people you need to be connected to. This can be your sponsor. This can be your partner. It can be your mom. It can be whoever works for you, your best friend. But it has to be somebody that knows the point of this connection while you travel is to ensure you remain alcohol-free. So you can talk about stressors or triggers or things that are irritating you. For our trip to Costa Rica, I'll do the same thing with Bali, right? We created a chat so that all of my travelers are connected and we can stay connected throughout that travel day and also while we are at our destination. And we had this really beautiful moment too. One of the girls going on the sober Costa Rica trip with me reached out before she ever booked her trip. She reached out and she's like, I'm really nervous about traveling sober. So it's going to be my first time, super triggering. And I was like, I'm so glad that you said that. I'm so glad you said something because now we can put things in place to keep her comfortable and protect her. I was like, dude, you can message me a thousand times. We're connected in the chat. I will stay connected to you the entire day you're traveling. And I have a whole plan of things that I'm going to do and send her. And if she's listening, she's probably dreading it now going, oh my God, Angela's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) But I'm going to make it as fun as possible because I want her to be supported. And that's the key in staying connected. It's for you to be supported through this journey. Okay. Sober travel is empowering. This is a way for you to reassert your independence as a sober person that you don't need to be afraid of alcohol or have it limit your life anymore. And sobriety is an ongoing process. There are always new things to learn and stuff that will come up, but it also means that you can go anywhere and do anything. If you do the things you need to do to keep your recovery strong, and if you plan ahead, then the only question really is, where do you want to go? And if you want to go with me, go to addictionunlimited.com forward slash events to learn about Bali and any other events I have coming up. Addictionunlimited.com forward slash events. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.